If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. to go a minute seven holes with one timeout here's the snap ricks against the four-man rush flush to his right flush to his right packs the arm he'll throw it toward the end zone he's got pk sam open he makes the catch whitfield on the left side a hole to the 30 35 the legendary voice of the Florida State Seminoles and Jacksonville's own. And you'll be hearing that a whole bunch more right here in Jacksonville on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and the entire station when it comes to football and basketball. Welcome to Jacksonville's new home for the Florida State Seminoles right here on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Austin Lane. The big announcement was not me getting a haircut. Instead, <laughs> welcome aboard from Tallahassee all the way to Jacksonville, all the Florida State fans, as you will hear the legendary voice of Gene Deckerhoff and company uh, for the foreseeable future right here on ESPN 690. And joining us right now here on the show is Jacksonville's own and the voice of the Seminoles, Gene Deckerhoff. How was it listening to all those calls? All the memories come flooding back. You know, they do. I'm listening I'm listening on the phone. I'm saying, okay, T.K. Sam makes that catch. What a remarkable comeback at Gainesville, no less than that. That may have been Chris Ricks' biggest game uh, as a Florida State quarterback. And they're looking to say Kermit Whitfield with that 100-yard kickoff return. That really the turning point in the fourth quarter when the Knowles were trailing badly and uh, really didn't have much going. But that jump started Florida State's offense. And uh, the next thing you know, James Winston throwing a touchdown to, to Kelvin Benjamin. Florida State beats Auburn in the uh, final BCS championship game, our third championship 2013 season. It was a, a remarkable. Yeah, just listen to those. It's funny. You, you, you play those clips, but uh, I, I'm archiving uh, uh, Florida State basketball and Florida State football games. We go back to 1979 as we speak. I've got cassettes all over the garage <laughs> and uh, stored away in you know boxes, and I'm labeling these things. And uh, 
uh, I got to give them the Florida State. And, uh, you know, you have to listen to cassettes because they're not supposed to last as long as these things last. And, and I, I, yeah, I've got Coach Bobby Bowden calling shows. I listened to Bob. I said, my goodness, what great years those were uh, for FSU. We've fallen hard times. We're 18 and 20 over the last three years. And I think that's going to turn around completely under head coach Mike Norvell, despite the circumstances we're under. You know, we, we get a new schedule. And, and I'm sorry to tell you, I don't know when Toa's going to hit leather. We know who the Seminoles are going to play. It's going to be a 10-game conference schedule plus one. And that plus one we were hoping was going to be FSU uh, uh, Florida, a series that began back in 1958. My, my former sidekick, Vic Frenzy, was the, the first quarterback to, to start in the, uh, the great rivalry between Seminoles and Gators. And uh, Jimmy Dunn was the starting quarterback for the uh, Florida Gators uh, on that uh, autumn afternoon, 1958 it was. And uh, uh, Jimmy was a wide receivers coach for the Tampa Bay Bandits when Vic and I broadcast the game. Later. So I, I got to know this rivalry extremely well between the two. But, hey, the good news is Florida State football is back. The ACC says we will play. And uh, when the schedule drops, we'll let you know and uh, you can let our fans know. But we will be right there on the big 690 ESPN. And uh, my very first trip to a radio studio was to the old studios of the WAPE that's 690 down in Orange Park. And uh, uh, that, that gave me the, the, the bug to get into radio. And here I am. Uh, Oh, God, that would have been 1960, the summer of 1962. And here we are, so 38 years plus uh, 20, 58 years ago, I was in the uh, old original studios of 690 AM, and that got me, uh, I mean, where I said, you know what, I, I want to get this business. And I, I spun the hits for a while and started doing sports, and here I am, you know, a long-time broadcaster for FSU. Who needs Google when you have Gene Deckerhoff on right here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690? Great trip down his uh, memory lane and a little bit of the history books uh, right here on a Friday afternoon. The big news, uh, your home for Florida State Seminoles football and basketball yeah. right here in Jacksonville is on ESPN 690. And you just mentioned, Gene, it's a legendary signal here in the area, but not just in Jacksonville. This signal, even still uh, during oh, yeah. the daytime, goes all the way down to Melbourne and up to Charleston. South Carolina. It's massive. Oh, yeah. It will be big for all the Florida State fans to finally be able to find those games on Saturdays. Yeah, absolutely. When I was when I was going to high school and then to college, uh, you had a disc jockey on six ninety. The big ape, his name was Dino Summerlin, and uh, the first time I heard Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones playing "I Can't Get No Satisfaction" <laughs> was on Dino's show. That tells you how far back we go. And oh, by the way. Uh, before we talk any more about Florida State sports, uh, good luck batting down the hatches. It looks like that hurricane is coming your way, and hopefully it'll stay off the coast and uh, will not do any damage. Good golly, it seems like the last couple of years, uh, those of us that live in Florida make Florida our home. And now I've lived in Florida since 1954. I, 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 I dread seeing this season, seeing those things come up the coast. So uh, our prayers and thoughts, uh, hopefully that thing gets away and is, uh, goes further east and doesn't bother the, uh, the great gateway city that I grew up in. Uh, we appreciate the thoughts and uh, thoughts to you and your family, too, during uh, all of this COVID-19. Hope everybody's doing oh. well, feeling well. Uh, and it is a different year, no doubt about it. But we are excited about this relationship uh, with Florida State. Let me uh, not bury the lead. You mentioned it briefly, but ACC comes out with a 10 plus one to keep the Florida Florida State game intact. And then the SEC yeah. follows suit and says, nope, conference only. Now yeah. what and how unreal is it to not have florida state florida well it, it's it's very unreal and you know the, the story goes and it, it, do a little 
research. And some of the old-timers, and I, I include myself in that thing, uh, Florida didn't want to play Florida State. And uh, the story goes that uh, uh, the governor of the great state of Florida said, hey, uh, fellas, if you don't uh, agree to play, I may have to have the legislature uh, uh, make up a, a law or regulation. And uh, that was Leroy Collins. And uh, I don't know how true that story is, but I've heard it since I've been in Tallahassee. I moved here in 1974. But uh, the series did begin. It began in uh, in football, 1958. And, uh, golly, we played it's such a great series that not only have we played every year since 1958, but uh, we have played in two bowl games, 1994. Remember the 31-31 tie, Florida State came from behind down 21 points in the fourth quarter, and, uh, 28 points in the fourth quarter, and tied that ball game at Twitter now 31 to 3. And uh, I think Steve Spurry thought he had, the Gators had, had us beat. And uh, by golly, we came back and said, Steve there, Steve's a friend of mine. He coached the Bandits uh, for three years. He and I traveled all over the country playing USF. He was, you know, co- coaching and broadcasting USF football. And, and I, I consider Steve a friend. But uh, he never he never beat the Seminoles in Tallahassee. His entire as great a coach as he was, as great a team there. But he sure put a spanking on us after that '96 season when we we knocked them off as number two versus number one. It's still one of the great games, uh, in, in my opinion, in Florida State history. And uh, because number one, of course, they came beat. But Warwick Dunn had nearly 200 yards rushing in that game, and it was two versus one, and it was such a great game. The bowl the bowl folks said, "Hey, let's have a play again." And uh, New Orleans, and uh, Steve got his big victory. I mean, he spanked us pretty good over there. Uh, he had some Jacquez Green, I think, was on that team. Uh, I kill you, uh, good guy today. Danny Werfel won a Heisman Trophy, and Florida was stacked that year. That was the, the late hits game and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, that brings back memories, Florida State versus Florida. And it's a shame that it's not going to play. I can't explain why the SEC is not doing that. There are four teams in the ACC and the ACC that have rivalry games that reside in the same state. It's, uh, you know, it's bragging rights 365 days a year. It's Louisville versus Kentucky. It's Georgia Tech versus Georgia. Uh, it's South Carolina versus Clemson. And it's Florida State versus Florida. So, you know, the, the thinking was that uh, the SEC would go along and, and extend that. But, uh, you know, they're, they're thinking about their teams, their players, their student-athletes, their coaches. And, and again, we're all fighting this dead gum uh, COVID-19 thing, this coronavirus thing, and uh, I know I wasn't going to hear it for the first time in 131 days two weeks ago, <laughs> and I, 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 I'm, still I'm, waiting. I'm at my home, my office is here, and I, I don't get out very much, and uh, uh, I, I'm doing the best I can. When I do go out, I have a mask on, I wear gloves, and, and uh, I, I, I think I'm doing my part, but uh, knock on wood, I, I did have the test, and I'm negative, so I'll live with that for a while, and, and I don't know what's going to you know play out. Fellas, I, you know, now that we know that we're going to play football, and again, put a put a little asterisk next to that because we don't know. Look what baseball is doing right now. Guys, go. Uh, what, some more games uh, postponed today? And the, the, the Major League Baseball says they're going to make them up with double headers. You don't have double headers in football, okay? And, and I know I'm keeping it. I, I, I have dual duty on the weekends. Uh, you may know this, but I, I do Florida State on Saturday. I do Tampa Bay on Sunday. And I'm watching uh, via video and, and a whole new ball game, but the NFL media can't interview players and all that. It's it's done via computers and uh, uh, no locker room interviews after football games. I don't know if the college game's going to do that. But, but the whole the whole scene, scene of broadcasting college football and pro football, I think, is changing. And uh, all with in, in mind protecting players and students. 
student athletes uh, uh, from from this dreaded visit. Nobody wants to get this day. I promise you that. Well, but, G- uh, we'll, we'll wait and see how we're going to do it. Uh, I got an email the other day from uh, Chick Fil A Bowl. Uh, wanted to know if I wanted a plexiglass screen set up, you know, between William Floyd and myself. And I said, yeah. Hmm. And uh, now we're not going to play that game in Atlanta, obviously. The, the, the three games that Chick-fil-A had from the, the, the Peach Bowl had scheduled for the kickoff classic, so they've, they've gone by the boards. But uh, I, I don't know. I know this, that we have no access to the locker rooms on NFL days, and that probably will be the same case in, in the college. I don't know. Well, Gene, obviously with COVID-19, everything's feeling different right now. And when the ACC made their announcement, though, I think it kind of gave, you know, college football fans a little sense of, you know what, college football is still coming around. Let's remain optimistic. And I think an exciting news standpoint from that ACC announcement announcement is the fact that there's a new kid on campus, right? And we're talking about Notre Dame. How exciting is it to have Notre Dame in the ACC now? And how do you expect that's going to work out for them? Uh, all I know is that I hope for the game when they when the schedule comes out. Uh, we played Notre Dame in September or early October. The last time we went to Notre Dame, I think the temperature was 22 degrees, and it got below 20 by the time the game was over. Our fans, and then we were getting drilled by Notre Dame. I mean, they scored boom, boom, boom. They were up 21 nothing, as I recall. And uh, our fans left at halftime. Don't blame them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just not enough antifreeze uh, in your body to keep you warm <laughs> at Notre Dame uh, in, in late November. So I was there. That Notre Dame game. Uh, were you there? I, I was, was there. Yeah, how cold were you? I was in a booth. We closed the window. Yeah, it was a wet cold always one. Have, <laughs> we, we always have the window open because you want that ambient sound for your broadcast. You know, So it doesn't sound like you're talking into a, gla- a window pane. And uh, the decision was made uh, an hour before kickoff. The window is not going to be open at Notre Dame. It was just <laughs> brutal. And, uh, and, and again, we, we lost that game. At that, uh, uh, but, but hopefully that's uh, September or October. I'm, uh, I'm looking at the schedule. The schedule now, here it is, five home games, Clemson, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Virginia. Virginia and Tech are the new new home opponents. They were not on the original twenty. 21 schedule and away games. You got Duke at Duke at Louisville at Miami at North Carolina State, and then that added game at Notre Dame. And so Notre Dame and Duke are the two games on the road that were added to the Florida State schedule. I'm, you know, I don't know what the university is going to do. Homecoming was slated to be the Boston College game on uh, November the 14th, so that'll change because Wake Forest, Boston College, and the Thursday night game at Syracuse are all they're off the board now. We are not going to play. Those three ball games and uh, the, the the dates for uh, the Louisville game was the twenty fourth. Uh, NC State was the third of October. Miami was scheduled November the seventh. But the, the, the conference as we speak right now, fellas, they're working on this schedule, and I hope that we have some idea when we are going to play uh, these football games. Uh, FSU was going to open up on September the fifth. That's been moved back to the weekend of the twelfth. Uh, obviously, we're not going to play West Virginia this year. We're not going to play Sanford. We're not going to travel to Boise State. And uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens and who, what the kickoff, you know, the kickoff times are, uh, are always determined by television. But at least hopefully by the end of next week, we will know the schedule as far as the dates and the opponent for the 2020 season. I'm hoping because I, I, I generally am pretty well prepared for uh, the, the matchups, I call them, and I've started working on depth charts. But 
Uh, right now, you don't know which team. You know, I, I, I'm glad I didn't do a Wake Forest, Boston College, and Syracuse death chart because we're not playing those guys. Yeah, I don't want to waste your uh, time. Now, on that one. You know, pick up. I got to go down and get Phil, Phil Steele's book here. Uh, I think that book's a millionaire. Even I don't have to order online, but uh, he's got the depth chart. And there's a couple other sources that give you depth charts. Uh, our lad uh, yep. uh, depth chart for NFL and college are, are pretty accurate. But uh, I've got to start building those depth charts. And uh, the time I wasted during basketball season doing those matchups for Wake Forest, Boston College, and Syracuse, dead dumb it. I could have been doing something else, you know. <laughs> uh, I'll only keep you for a couple more minutes, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, legendary. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I'm glad to be on 690 AM in my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida, you know. And, and we're it's glad a great to Navy have town. It's a great Navy town. I'm a Navy guy. And by golly, let's spread the word over there for us. I, I, your antenna feel, I guess at nighttime you get – you got a different signal, but uh, I think there's about seven or eight or maybe 10 or 12, maybe 50 antennas out of towers out there just off I-10. And every time I drive to Jacksonville and come back, I see those towers. That's WAPE. That's 690 AM. <laughs> and now it's I understand at night you can hear 690 AM on the western coast of Africa. Yeah, you might be. <laughs> uh, now it's ESPN 690, home of the Florida State Seminoles. That's the big news. And we're talking with uh, the legendary voice of the Seminoles, Gene Deckerhoff, obviously Jacksonville guy, and uh, yeah. Tallahassee now through and through as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just uh, two more questions, if you don't mind. Mike Norvell. No. Obviously, he's got his hands full trying to turn this thing around, COVID-19. Give us your impressions of Mike Norvell and the job you hope that he can do in Tallahassee. He reminds me of a young Bobby Bowden. You know, Coach Bowden came to Florida State back in 1976. I think Bobby was 41 and 42. Mike Norvell's 38 years old, full of energy. He's got more energy than I have seen in a long, long time. And he, he's put together a tremendous staff at uh, one uh, guys that have been with him for a while, but he's added some new players, uh, new, new coaches, uh, and, and a big, I'll tell you a big thing was he brought Adam Fuller, defensive coordinator down here. This is, this is a no nonsense guy. I mean, he reminds me an awful lot of Mickey Andrews. He doesn't say a whole lot, but he knows defense. And then Kenny Dillingham was at Auburn last year, and it was Kenny, uh, his offensive game plan that, uh, pulled off that tremendous upset of the Alabama Crimson Tide in that Iron Bowl game last year. And, uh, uh, his team's averaged like over the last two years, like 38, almost 40 points a ball game. Uh, I think over the last two years, I've got a little note in my matchup thing, but, uh, uh, he's had like eight or nine 50 plus point football games, uh, uh, under his belt. And, uh, uh, I, I think that the two coordinators are very, very special assistant coaches. And there'll be a, a, a real reason why I'm thinking Florida State, despite the fact that you pick up, you know, uh, North Carolina is a contender in the old coastal mm-hmm. division. I mean, they were going to get Miami fits in Pittsburgh. Those three teams are all, I wouldn't be so surprised those three teams are not in, in, in the top 25 when the schedule, Notre Dame obviously is going to be in the top 25, but North Carolina, Miami, Pittsburgh, I think have a great chance of being in the top 25. And that's a murderer's row. Florida State schedule is considered, is, is second only, wait for us through the, they, they drew the they drew the long straw. They have a rugged road to hope. But Florida State's right up there with them in the degree of difficulty of the schedule that uh, we'll face in, in, in 2020. So, uh, but I think that uh, Kenny Dillingham and Adam Fuller, the coordinators, are going to. But again, one thing we did a TV show, fellas. Uh, I've, never, I've never done a TV show via Zoom, but we did one. We we owed the the network and we owed the uh, local affiliate channel 27. ABC affiliate Tallahassee, a TV show with Mike Norvell. And uh, we didn't have a spring game, but we still over. So we did the TV show via Zoom. 
And one thing that jumped out at me uh, as far as Mike Norvell's career as a head coach, uh, he has always had really good special teams, coverage teams, kicking teams, and return teams. And that's one area that Florida State has been sorely lacking. We had a, we had a bad year last year. So I, I don't know what happened, but uh, we just could, could – our punting was not very good. Our, our kicker sort of had a really, really bad month of November and December. And as a result, uh, we, we probably could have won some games that we lost, but we didn't because special teams are that important. And I, I really think you'll see an improvement in all three areas, offense, defense, special teams. And I know this, you'll see an animated head coach and 38-year-old Mike Norvell on the sideline. I can't wait to see this Mike Norvell coach team uh, get started and uh, put total leather and beat some folks and win some football games and turn this thing around. I know it's going to happen. Well, I think Florida State fans are looking forward to it, and uh, they can listen to Gene Deckerhoff all yeah. fall and then winter on yeah. ESPN 690 right in Jacksonville. Uh, I've got to ask you one NFL question. Yeah. You get the yeah, chance yeah. now to, well, to be the I'm voice on, of I'm the – I'm going to answer that one, then I'm going to throw a basketball thing at you too. Okay? I love it. I love right. it. Uh, listen, right. hey, we got we got until 6 o'clock, you know. I mean, we do have to pay some bills, but we've got until 6 o'clock. Uh, the, you get – you get the Bucks, and you've had the Bucks, and you're the voice of the Bucks. But give us a yeah. sense with Tom Brady there, not only how excited the fan base might be because we saw that uh-huh. with jerseys bought and tickets bought before COVID-19 hit, but also maybe <laughs> all the things you've been able to do in your career, legendary career, and now you uh-huh. get to call the games for the greatest of all time at the quarterback spot. Yeah, the, the GOAT, uh, uh, Tom Brady, my goodness. He'll be 43 years old when we uh, kick the season off at New Orleans. On uh, September the 13th, that's a, that's a fourth 25 game national TV audience watching. The Bucks have five preseason games, uh, five, I believe uh, five primetime games, which makes my schedule on Sundays a little bit. We've got two Monday night games, two Sunday night games. And uh, uh, so, so, but I digress. Uh, the, 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 the area, the Tampa Bay area is absolutely as excited as I've ever seen them. You know, back in 2000, we thought that Super Bowl 35 was going to be played at Raymond James Stadium, and the, and, and the Bucks were getting a ton of love, but that was going to be the year. Tampa Bay, Tony Dungy, our head coach, we had great defense, led by Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and John Lynch and Rondi Barber, you know. This was going to be the year, and the Bucks would be the first team to host the Super Bowl in their hometown. It was scheduled for Raymond James Stadium. Well, we stubbed their toe. Uh, we lost to the playoffs to the Philadelphia Eagles on the road. We had Sapp didn't play. I don't think he was hurt. And, uh, we didn't play very well in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, they beat us two years in a row, and that cost Tony Dungy his job. And in 2002, then you know, John Gruden comes in. We win the Super Bowl. But that was played in San Diego. Here, Super Bowl 55 will be in Tampa, Florida, at Raymond James Stadium. And the Buccaneers have an offense with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, the two best wide receivers of the uh, fans are going to, you know, say, hey, he's drinking the Kool-Aid. But I'll guarantee you, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are the two, the best wide receiver tandem of the National Football League. Then you throw in Rob Gronkowski and O.J. Howard and Cameron Blade at tight end. Oh, my goodness. So this is the year, this is the year the Bucks may be the first team to host a Super Bowl in their home stadium. And I certainly hope so. I, I really now the basketball thing I'm gonna throw out at you. Uh Florida State has the best home winning record in college basketball over the last five years. We've lost three games at home. And uh that, that you throw Duke in there, you throw Kansas in there, you throw uh, uh some of the, 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 the blue bloods. Well, uh I'll say this, Leonard Hamilton's new bloods 
or a team to record with, won our first ACC conference regular season championship, awarded the, 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 the championship tournament because we didn't play it, but we were the number one seed, so we, we were given that victory. We, and this is a team, a basketball team that's fun to watch. I'm a basketball Jones. I, mean, I played mm-hmm. in Forest High School for three years, played varsity for two years, made Old City my senior year. I'm proud of that. And scored 32 points against Lake City, our big rival at the time. And I'm a basketball coach. That was a record you know, at the time, I think, that 32 that, points. That was a record at the time. And then along comes some guys that played in the NBA and blew it away. But, <laughs> but I'll say this. You know, I was fast. I could make layups and free throws. And, and that's all. That's that's my story. I'm saying it to it. But, hey, don't sell. Uh, Florida State basketball is a real deal. And uh, uh, Leonard Hamlin is doing a tremendous job. This will be his 19th year. He's already the winningest coach in the history of Florida State. Play. And, by the way, uh, today – uh, he did a virtual uh, commencement for Florida State University. Uh, first time Leonard's done that. I did mine about five years ago, and Leonard jumped on it today on the 31st of July. But, uh, yeah, you've got some great teams, football and basketball, uh, on your 690 AM signal. And uh, spread the word, fellas. Spread the word. Go Navy. Uh, I love it. Uh, Gene Deckerhoff, thanks for all the time. Great to have you on for the special announcement, right, and uh, we're really happy to have the Florida State Seminoles yeah. on board. Can't wait to hear Glad you call the be. games. Right, now, you got you got AM and FM. I think you're, you're on both stations or just on the 690. We got know. 690. We got the stream, and we do our show 3 to 6 on uh, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. We're up with all the times. Ask Alexa. You can get it all over the place, really all over the world. Let me know, and we'll, we'll talk during the season about I'll keep you up to date on what's going on with Florida State football, okay? We'd love to have you back on. Be All well. right, guys. Thanks for joining have a good. us. Uh-huh. That's Gene Deckerhoff, uh, the great Gene Deckerhoff. And uh, we're excited. That's oh, a big yeah. announcement. Florida State football, Florida State basketball. And, you know, we were talking a lot about football. I wanted to ask him about Brady and the Bucks too, because we had sure, him. Sure, sure. But I'm glad he brought up basketball, because I wanted to get to that, and I was going to get to that. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the best programs in the ACC right now. Don't sleep on the basketball team oh, and I mean, what Leonard Hamilton has done. You're talking about a team this year who had to be bumped not going to the tournament, obviously, because keep in mind, if they would have went to the tournament, they probably would have went some places during it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there's the big announcement. Uh, Florida State fans, you got a home right here in Jacksonville. One of the biggest signals in the southeast. But like I said, you get our show, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You can always ask Alexa for... ESPN 690 fridge. in Jacksonville. Put it on your fridge. Put it on your fridge if you got a TV in your fridge. And ESPN 690.com as well. Plenty of places to listen to the Florida State Seminoles. We'll be back. Put a bow on a week and a bow on a show and exciting news for our station just in uh, here in the last half hour. We'll be back on ESPN 690. <laughs> to go a minute seven Knowles with one timeout here's the snap Ricks against the four man rush flush to his right flush to his right packs the arm he'll throw it toward the end zone he's got P.K. Sam open he makes the catch the voice of the Seminoles, Gene Deckerhoff in the big news coming out this hour right here in Jacksonville on ESPN 690. We just told you about, we just had Gene Deckerhoff on, the new home for the Florida State Seminoles for basketball and football right here in the Jacksonville area on this big signal called ESPN 690 is right here. And uh, we're happy about it. We're glad to, to have the Seminoles aboard, uh, glad to partner up with them, and glad to bring Seminoles fans games on Saturdays in football season and basketball games with 
what has quickly become one of the best programs in the ACC the last few years. And I know, Seminoles fans, you've been starving for some of the content, where to find it, and uh, uh, salute to uh, some of the bosses here, including Randy Cable and, and Nick, uh, our boss man, uh, to getting it uh, done with Florida State and bringing them here to ESPN 690 and uh, to you. The Seminoles fans. So we're excited about it. Hopefully you are too. And uh, we'll talk uh, more Seminoles along the way. There's stuff happening in the world of sports. Pac-12 approved the 10-game conference-only slate. Not surprising, right? That's kind of the way things are going. What we don't know, we didn't talk too much about this with uh, Gene Deckerhoff, is what's that plus one going to look like now in the ACC? That still needs to be determined, especially now that the SEC and some of those rivalry games are off the books because the SEC said 10 games only in conference. Pac-12 follows suit. Conference only. Remember now, the Big Ten had basically said that before, and Pac-12 had kind of followed that uh, the Big Ten model going back a few weeks ago. Uh, Big 12 hasn't made anything official just yet. Uh, but you assume it would be something similar. They're always trying to be different. You know, they're the offensive-oriented, driven league. They're trying to do something crazy. Well, the thing, too, about what's crazy is Oklahoma last week moved their game up in the calendar. Not back, but up. You better believe it. It was a non-conference game. Yeah. But that was bizarre, where everybody's sliding the schedule. The Big 12, right? They moved it up. It's the Big 12, man. It's how they get down. It makes you wonder if they were accommodating for something that mm-hmm. the Big 12 might come out with. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll stay tuned on that front. Hey, Major League Baseball, uh, Jeff Passan from ESPN just reporting this in the last uh, 20 minutes or so, that Rob Manford, the commissioner, had a conversation with Tony Clark, who's in charge of the NFLPA, and basically said, listen, if the players don't start heeding the protocols, the season's at risk. Mm. We made the protocols. you got to follow the protocols. And if not, we're going to have all this testing that goes awry, and we're going to have to cancel games. Brewers, Cardinals canceling games. Phillies, of course, have canceled a bunch of games this week. Yankees lost a couple games this week. Marlins haven't played in forever. They're still 2-1. Yeah. They got that going for them. And they're still in Philly trying to catch a bus down to Miami. Yeah. And they're trying to do that, by the way, in the midst of a hurricane coming north. Yeah. So uh, baseball has a lot of issues right now with COVID-19. And basically Manfred was like, listen, we want to do this. We want to get it in. But you got to play with us. Please don't tell me that, though, Brent. Please don't tell me right now that that season of baseball is in jeopardy because people aren't following the necessary protocols. I'm going to say this. If guys don't want to put their faith in the process and follow the protocols and they want to do their own thing and they want to go to Atlanta or whatever and get some of those chicken wings from the Gentleman's Club, so be it. But then guess what? If you have a bunch of guys that have COVID-19 and have to sit out, then you forfeit that game and the other team wins. Mm. Simple as that. Okay? Because if you got guys dropping like Charlie, Charlie, uh, Charlie's Chocolate Factory with the kids when they used to drop all the time, you know, like every once in a while they go down a hallway, oh, he's gone, he's gone. Same thing's happening right now. Everyone's coming down with COVID-19. Two Cardinals players just tested positive. That's why the game's canceled with Milwaukee. I just think that if you got guys coming down with it because they're not following the protocols, you forfeit that game. Especially if they play Milwaukee. Maybe I, I got this conclusion because of that. Yeah, I want to see Milwaukee win another game. The Cubs are scaring me right now a little bit. They're surging. The Reds, not so much. But, yeah, we need, Brent, every single game matters here, okay? So forfeit that game in Milwaukee, please. COVID testing results from last week per Major League Baseball. Number of samples. Ready for these numbers? And I'll repeat them for you. 11,895. 29 positives. That's 0.2%. 20 positives were players, nine staff members. Oh, it gets, this is the number. Yeah. 21 of 29 positives were from one team. 
other 29 clubs had eight positives, two MLB players, one alternate site player, and five staff. Like, take the 29 clubs, take the Marlins out of it, where they obviously, there's reports about they went out mm-hmm. and then they spread it and they played the game when, like, the Brewers and Cardinals have canceled that game. Marlins didn't. They Correct. played that game. Isn't it working? Like, it's okay. Like, it feels like it's working if you only have eight positives from the other 29 clubs. By the way, and five are staff members, and one's an alternate psych player. So, really, just two MLB players out of the other 29 clubs. Yeah. Doesn't that, that kind of feels like, well, it's going well if you don't include the Marlins? Yeah. I mean, overall, the percentages look great if the Marlins aren't included. And this is my point. Listen, right now, nothing's fair in the, in the game of baseball right now, okay? We're just trying to make it through the season. And if that's the case, then the last thing I want to happen is the Marlins to ruin this thing for everybody, right? Because with all due respect to the Marlins, you guys aren't considered really a a, a national baseball franchise right now with all due respect to you guys, okay? But you're not. So with that being said, if the Marlins are going to ruin baseball for everybody, then just forfeit those games. No, it's not fair. It's not fair that the Yankees play them or if, if the Sox play them, the fact that they get those games, you know, counter their win total. But to me, that's the only way to make it fair right now, Brent, because I, I don't want baseball to stop, okay? I don't want sports to stop. But I also understand that athletes right now, even no matter what the numbers say and what the protocols say, some athletes are still going to do their thing. It's going to happen in football. It's going to happen maybe in the NBA. We saw it happen a little bit already. And it's going to happen in baseball. So with that being said, you have to have the plan in place just in case it happens with the Miami Marlins where the whole team essentially comes down with it. Yeah, it's interesting to watch, and we'll see what happens with it. But there is back and forth between Rob Manford and Tony Clark, according to the national writers, about uh, – What's going on? There are some other people saying on social media, some other reports, and you got to be careful whether these reports are true. Uh, Scott Miller is saying, well, I'll put it on him in case it's not. Well, hang on. Is there a blue check mark next to it? Is, okay, actually, okay, yeah. okay. Internal investigation found the Marlins were very lapsed in following protocols during Atlanta trip last weekend. Players going out, players in hotel bar, etc. Lots of MLB, MLB people very unhappy with Miami. And so that's why they've talked about tightening up the protocols and, and other things. But it's one team, you know, it's one team. But but that's all it takes. I mean, look what we've seen from Major League Baseball this week. That one team stopped the Phillies, the Yankees and the Orioles from playing for a couple of days. Yeah. It had the Nationals voting against playing on a weekend. So they won't play this weekend. I think the Blue Jays might have. Were the Blue Jays involved in that in any way? No, nah, I don't think they were. I don't think there was a domino effect of the Blue Jays. But so there you go. I mean, that's like what four, they mentioned, four other teams, mm-hmm. including the Marlins. Uh, that's what happens. It takes one domino. A uh, real quick question on baseball. 60 game season, it's supposed to be. Does it matter if they all play 60? Like if, if it's 55 for some and 57, you just go to winning percentage. Does it no, matter? No, you, you have to play all 60. I mean, that, that that's the only fair way to do this in terms of stats and record keeping in history. Every single team should play the same amount of games, and that's where my rule comes in where if you have to forfeit, then you forfeit, but at least that game is still counted. If you only play one team plays 50 games, the other team plays 55, no, man, that's going to get way too a skew, and it's going to be chaos. So to me, you have to make sure every single team plays the same amount of games. Yeah, I don't know if you can control that. They're going to try, but I don't know if you can control that. Uh, the Here's the deal. They're adding doubleheaders yeah. on a lot of these, and they're going to seven innings. I have no problem with that, by the way. Do you? 
They're going to the minor league format, basically, 7-2, 7-8. No, I mean, that's fine. Listen, as long as those rules apply, obviously, for every single team, then so be it. Yeah, you know me. All the drastic changes, I presented this like a year ago, mm-hmm. and I said, you want that robotic umpire. You want these three, got to stay in for three batters thing, which is, I think is silly, too. You want yeah. all these things to speed up the game. Be honest with you, like that runner on second base, I know some people don't like it, but that's the way these kids and now these kids that are playing in the major leagues grow up playing. They also grow up playing seven innings. Yeah. Unless you get to college. And seven-inning games, like, it's not a big deal to them, I don't think. It's a big deal to, to traditionalists for Major League. I get that. And listen, I've been one of them. I'm just saying, if you want something drastic, that really wouldn't be that big of a change for the, the younger generation and for really the players playing. Go from nine to seven. But and, just, and so the seven innings don't bother me at doubleheaders. I, don't, I see a day that someday we could get to seven-inning games in Major League Baseball, like, as a regular thing. But doesn't that bother you if – one day in history that we're going to be talking about playing seven game, you know, seven inning games instead of nine inning games, just from the, the predicated on history. Like baseball to me is all about history, and it's all about the stats and things like that. If you only make a baseball game seven innings, dude, you like you take away a lot of the history and all all, all the statistics and everything. All the analytics are kind of like moved back. It's it's always it's been. Um it's always been the problem. It's preserving yeah. the record book. The numbers mean something. But yeah. you know what? The guy that has the all-time home run record took steroids. Everybody thinks. Sure. You know, uh, the uh, you know the DH didn't always exist, and now it might exist in both leagues by the time we play baseball in 2021. You know, I just think some of those things change. I know nine to seven is a drastic one. I, we used to play 154 games in in Major League Baseball, not 162. So I'm just saying, don't sleep on it. I think I think the, the to solve a lot of the issues they want to solve in terms of speeding up play, appeasing younger generation, moving the game forward, going to seven innings and making it a shorter game for attention spans and everything else might be the way to go. I won't get on that soapbox today, but don't be surprised someday. It seems drastic. It would be pretty drastic, by the way. But I think it could be advantageous instead of all these little, hey, uh, we got to eliminate 30 seconds here and 30 seconds there and two minutes there. And well, eliminate two innings. What are you, yeah, man. But w- w- are we really going to cater to the attention spans now of society? Well, they're Brent? trying to, though. Well, That's I what Major League Baseball is trying people, to do. But people will binge watch a Netflix show for eight hours a pop. But, we're but they're about, not well, going to commercials. We the, but we don't want the game to be two and a half hours. That's going to be too long. I mean, come on, man. Well, listen, I, I could watch baseball all day. It doesn't matter if it's three hour, three and a half. Yeah. But what they're telling me is people won't. People don't want to. Speed it up. Well, here's a great way to speed it up. Make it seven innings and make it something we're used to. Watching sure. a high school game, a travel ball game, a rec game, or whatever. It's either six or seven innings. We're used to that. Uh, and, and I'm not, I think we get there someday. I really do. And I'm not, I think I'd be a proponent of it. Uh, okay. One other topic, uh, today, uh, but there were some big Jags topics. Al Woods, uh, opts out. Uh, Caleb, I would say big, big, big Jags topics. That's a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. Chase on and CJ Henderson met the media. Uh, nothing earth shattering, but we did talk about those guys earlier in the show. Uh, had a question out there actually. Which one are you looking forward to developing more? Henderson or Chason as they grow in the NFL? Uh, I think it's a fascinating question, and who will grow more will be an answer we'll get maybe in a couple to three years. Then the other news out of the NFL today, Antonio Brown suspended. Mm -hmm. Antonio Brown's name back in. Now, he's not with a team, but suspended uh, for the sexual assault allegations is really what this stems from. Does that end his career? Is he done? 
Is somebody yeah. taking a chance on Antonio Brown, or has that ship sailed? Listen, I think his career has already kind of sailed. I mean, if you look at what, ha- what transpired, obviously, in Oakland to New England, and then what happened in New England when he got let go. Um, I think, as we always say, Antonio Brown's got two feet in the parking lot now, man. I think he's done. Okay, and listen. That eight-game suspension did you zero favors now. Because keep in mind, the only teams that I could foresee Antonio Brown going to were the teams that maybe had a COVID-19 case, maybe a team that was trying to make a late playoff push and they needed one extra receiver. Then I could have saw a team go, you know what, let's go ahead and risk it and let's go ahead and take Antonio Brown and let's help him propel us to a playoff run and possibly a Super Bowl. But now if you have an eight-game suspension, there's no way a team's going to take you on for eight games, have you sit in the locker room, and then bring you back for eight more. That's just that's not how the NFL works. I don't care, and I get it. The, the talent can still outweigh the means, man, but that eight-game suspension to me is the nail in the Antonio Brown coffin. Yeah, and listen, here's the deal. Take a team like Baltimore. I think it was Lamar Jackson who said, hey, I'd love to have him on the team. Why would you mess with that? Why would you do it? Why would you take a chance like Oakland took, like even New England took? First of all, it could cost you money. But secondly, why disrupt what you have going, which looks like a good thing? I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, well, especially Lamar Jackson saying, too, like he wants Antonio Brown on his team because the guy's not a quitter. The guy's a winner. I mean, I kind of want to go, well, kind of quit on Oakland a little bit, didn't he? Kind of quit on the Steelers a little bit, didn't he? So not sure if I'd be saying that, but Lamar Jackson, all due respect, though, because you're still my fantasy football MVP. (laughs) I'm just saying I'm not sure your decision about Antonio Brown is the right one. Is this a keeper keeper league for you? It might as well be, man. You know what? It's not a keeper league, but I'm keeping Lamar Jackson in my heart because he made me a champion, Brent, and that never goes away. Magic beat the Nets 128-118. to Trailblazers up on the Grizzlies by four. How does John Lynn only have four points? Right 85-75. Suns up on the Wizards. Celtics Bucks later tonight for you. You better believe it. You got a big sports weekend. You yeah. can flip the channels in sports again. I can't wait, man. Too. We're talking about all of these great NBA games down on the wire. Wait till Giannis Antetokounmpo comes out tonight, drops 50, and beats the Celtics by at least 25. You, got, you know why Steph's the best, by the way? 21st uh, wedding anniversary today. Yeah. I've come home with flowers, and I had a half a Diet Coke. She's like, I wish you didn't get me the flowers, and I wish you got me the Diet Coke. <laughs> That's when you know you made it, man. And, and that is genuine, That's by the way. way. Congratulations, <laughs> by the way, to you guys. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, thanks for hanging in. The big announcement, ESPN 690, your new home for Florida State football and basketball right here in Jacksonville. For Justin Cousart, Austin Lane, I'm Brent Martin. We'll see you on TV all weekend long. And stay tuned to Mike Borish and CBS 47 and Fox 30 to follow the hurricane and also on 104.5 WOKV. ESPN 690, the home of the Florida State Seminoles in Jacksonville. Duke goes down to defeat Florida State 79, Duke 74. Basket lays, oh, drops, it drops with 1.8 seconds to go. Here's the snap, Winston rolling by close to pass on the other, it's caught, it's caught, it's caught. You'll hear Knowles football and men's basketball right here on ESPN 690, Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio and the Florida State Seminoles. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.